Welcome to the Leading Edge Podcast, brought to you by Superscale, experts at scaling mobile games and blockchain apps. Here, we will discuss all things gaming with various guests from the industry. We hope you enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Milan. I'm a head of growth marketing at Superscale, and we have here Yura with us. Um, Yura, please, if you could introduce yourself. Of course. Thanks, Milan. I'm Yura from Zebedee. Uh, head of strategic initiatives and marketing, which means that I uh, kind of work across marketing, but then also some special business development projects, um, like the Superscale project, which for us is not really strictly a marketing thing. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. Um, so you are kind of focused on marketing. Um, that's great because I'm also focused on marketing. Um, but you have this product that we kind of together work on, Consarutobi. Could you also talk a little about that? Yeah, sure. So the way this relationship kind of started is in last spring, I was going around to conferences and pitching the thing we do at Zebedee to large gaming studios. Um, and well, might as well mention what that is. So we have like a payments platform that people use to put money into their games. So for example, if you're playing a Super Mario game and you pick up a coin, you, the game developer would use Zebedee to make that coin worth actual money that the player gets instantly. And to make that work, technically, we built on top of Bitcoin, right? But we're not, we don't see ourselves as a Bitcoin company. We really see ourselves as a fintech or like a payments platform. But nevertheless, you know, the wider industry does see us as like this blockchain web three thing. So when I started talking to big studios, everyone said, well, but the networks don't like crypto gaming, so this isn't going to scale. And I was like, uh, bullshit, you know, I'll show you <laughs> it's going to scale great. Uh, and then I met uh, your guys at the DICE conference in Las Vegas. And you know, we started talking and we're like, yeah, let's let's do this together. Let's um, treat it as like an you know, experimental project and, and figure out this whole situation and this kind of uh, landscape that we're playing in when it comes to scaling Bitcoin powered games. Cool. Um, so you mentioned, you know, it's a game, even though it's played to earn M slash crypto game. Um, are you a gamer yourself? First question. Um, well, I used to be more, you know, more of a gamer when I was younger. I love games, but yeah, unfortunately don't currently have much time for it. Um, <laughs> Before we deep dive more into the business, you know, and the products, what's your game, favorite game of all time? It's a tough question. I'm going to have to go with. <laughs> Can I pick two games? Yes. All right, cool. I'll go with Guild Wars 1 that I played competitively. It was very fun. And Warhammer 40k, Dawn of War. All right, so hardcore RPG player. <laughs> yeah, it used to be. That's why I'm saying I don't have time anymore, right? Now I just play the Zebedee mobile games, earn a little Bitcoin, get a little dopamine hit here and there, but <laughs> more or less it. Cool. All right, so uh, back to the product. So. Play to earn crypto and tough uh, stuff, we, you know, marketing in it. And the first challenge was, can we find UA channels that will not ban you? Basically, that was also the first question that we have and how we try to, you know, we try to solve it and figure it out what we can use, what we cannot. We're also worried that everything is going to be, you know, banned or we will be not able to do the right messaging. Uh, actually, it worked well. So. What is your current state of the product and what is perhaps the vision for the next couple of months or, you know, even years? So now I assume you're, you're asking me specifically about this game where 
trying to scale with, with super scale, right? Yeah. Which is, this is kind of a little bit outside, you know, the main business of Zebedee, uh, which is providing tooling for game devs. But with super scale, we're currently just working on one hyper casual mobile game uh, that we own. It's called Sarutobi, as you said earlier. And yeah, like you said, the first challenge we had to solve was which networks can we actually advertise on? But it was much easier than we thought it would be because the only one that kind of, you know, gave us a hard ban was Facebook. So we could not really get any sort of scale going on Facebook. Uh, we could get live on it, but then, you know, just as we started to scale it up a little bit, they would ban us and we, we just gave up. It wasn't, wasn't worth going through all the approvals because there's other networks out there, right? And TikTok, that, that's the other one. Uh, TikTok has like a hard ban on anything that touches crypto uh, for now. So, but outside of those two, really no issues. We've now tested several uh, UA networks, um, you know, pros and cons to all of them, but nothing like a ban or anything. I, I feel like if anything, some, you know, slightly smaller players in the market um, saw the potential in enabling um, crypto games you know, on their networks and now see that as kind of a competitive advantage, right? Yep. So, and the Saratobi is almost like, uh, it's not really the main focus, I understand. The main focus, basically this financial platform, or I don't know if I call it correctly. Uh, could you tell a little bit more about that, you know, behind how it was developed and what is also the vision for, you know, this blockchain fintech that you have behind Saratobi, actually? It's essentially really just a payments platform, you know, it's what we do is closer to someone like Stripe or PayPal than to, uh, you know, the web three stuff like Forte on, or Anchor or things like that. What I mean by that is really we process payments. That's our thing, money in games and other apps. So the way it looks for a developer is you get access to the Zebedee developer dashboard inside you create separate wallets for all your games. The wallets have API keys in them. Um, and then, you know, from their perspective, they're not really touching the blockchain, not doing any really crypto stuff. All they have to do is uh, make pretty simple uh, REST API calls that, you know, to developers will be familiar and make sure there's enough Bitcoin in the wallets. And yeah, that's it from there. It, it just works, right? And the beauty or like the whole magic of it is that you can process extremely tiny payments and it's instant and very cheap and inherently global. And that is why we use Bitcoin or more specifically Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. It's really not about Bitcoin. It's just money in games that can be global. But Bitcoin is that money, right? It's the best form of money for the job. What we do is not technically possible with dollars. It just does not work. Because, for example, you could have, like we have a Counter-Strike integration, right? So you can play Counter-Strike for Bitcoin using Zebedee Tech. And then in one server, you could potentially have I don't know, the two of us in Europe and then a player from India and a player from Brazil and the player from the United States. And let's say we were all being super cheap and we we're playing around for like each of us paid in 10 cents. So I could be earning maybe not even one cent if I kind of suck at the game. Maybe I'll earn <laughs> like one tenth of a dollar cent, but it'll be transferred to me in real time instantly. And then maybe you earn 50 cents, you get it instantly. And the guy in India and in Brazil and in the States. That does not work in the traditional financial system, like never, ever. There's so many reasons why it is just impossible. And that is really the core value proposition behind our platform. 
it's money that's native to digital online experiences and it moves just as seamlessly as information. Mm -hmm. It sounds like magic almost, uh, but it sounds really cool. And you mentioned Bitcoin. Is it the only currency that you currently you know, work with? And is there any vision to use, for example, Ethereum or any other cryptocurrency? To us, it's just money, right? Uh, as I'm kind of saying. Uh, so yes, it's only Bitcoin on the platform. The platform will remain Bitcoin only in the sense that Bitcoin is the payment rail that powers everything. However, we do want to be kind of agnostic to the currency. So a big goal for us next year is to introduce um, fiat, better fiat coverage. We have fiat coverage now, but we want to improve that. And then over time, possibly also introduce other cryptocurrencies. But the way we would do it is do a swap at the entry and exit point from the Zebedee platform. So I can deposit dollars. Even now I can go into Zebedee and use my credit card to deposit dollars and I'll receive Bitcoin. Over time, we want that to be any currency. So maybe you want, maybe you have a bunch of ETH. No problem, deposit ETH uh, into Zebedee, but you're going to receive Bitcoin. And then when you want to cash out, we want to empower you to cash out to whatever you want because it's about utility, right? It's, it's just money. But internally, it's, it's going to remain Bitcoin because why not, right? It's absolutely a fantastic tool for what we want to use it for. Bitcoin does not do much more than just be money. But as money, it's really, really excellent in a way that other cryptocurrencies just are not, even though they may do other things much better. Yep. Thanks. And a question about cryptocurrency in general, you know, we know there's crypto winter 2.0 almost, or even 3.0. How did this affect you? Mm, well, outside of that, we're all a little worried because we're all kind of, you know, invested personally. Uh, not really. For our business, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If the price of Bitcoin goes down, the only immediate effect on our business is everything gets a little bit cheaper for us because we denominate stuff in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So if you're sending out rewards to players and you're denominating that in Bitcoin or more, more strictly in Satoshis, which is like a tiny, tiny unit of Bitcoin, then you're just spending less money on, on your activities, right? We're still going to send out 1000 Satoshis to a player. It's just going to cost less to acquire that Bitcoin at some point. Yep. And it still, it seems like the future of it is going to be more or less actually decentralized. And there is like institutions trying to, you know, be involved in creating these legal frameworks or, you know, in with financing and moving the cryptocurrencies around. Do you see this as a threat to your, you know, vision or how your fintech works? I don't think anyone's going to regulate Bitcoin to the point where it would really affect us. Uh, what's probably going to happen is there's going to be more regulation uh, in terms of, you know, trading. We saw what happened now with FTX. That's an absolute catastrophe like that would not have happened in a truly regulated market. So we completely welcome that, right? Yes, please, you know, let's solve this Wild West situation. But if you look at our, our business right now, um, we mostly process not even micropayments, but nano payments of a fraction of a cent. That is not going to be massively affected by any sort of legislature because we're just going to fly underneath all the thresholds, right? Yeah. Um, and then even for larger payouts, like we're now looking at powering esports tournaments where we can basically do an instant payout after every match or at the end of the tournament. Even that is not going to be such massive amounts, right? It's not going to be millions of dollars sent to someone. 
Whereas in the trading and investment world, it is millions of dollars. And that's what regulators are focused on. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned you're working with a sense even now that it's not going to be a million dollars. Um, what is like the largest sum of the money that you are actually moving through your systems at this one time? I don't know what the single largest transaction we ever did was. Um, our consumer wallet has pretty low limits uh, intentionally because it's not intended to be a, an investment or savings product. You're not supposed to have $10,000 in your Zebedee account. That, that's you know, just not what it is, right? You're supposed to have a little spending money in there. Uh, you can use it to buy stuff. It's like your wallet that you carry around in your pocket. You're not going to carry you know, all your wealth in there. Wouldn't make sense. Uh, in terms of the largest payment, I don't know, like a couple thousand dollars, maybe. The biggest transactions we see is when game developers put Bitcoin onto the platform to then distribute it out. But I guess that doesn't really count, right? I don't think that's really your question. Yeah, um, my, it's like a more real life implication for, you know, player, how much money he can or he can or she can expect, you know, moving around and you know, the first question from every player when it comes to play to earn is like, can I get rich? Can I earn money? You know, uh, obviously it's more important for people from other countries like Southeast Asia, or, you know, uh, not specifically Europe. So the real question is, can somebody get rich or do you think this is the vision in the future? No, you're not going to get rich on Zebedee. <laughs> and that's one of the to me, wonderful things really about this being a Bitcoin play and not a crypto play, which is very, very different for this exact reason that this is not a situation where you would get a token and then expect it to explode in value. That's how people got, you know, rich. I don't think many people got rich on play to earn, but that's how some people made significant money. That's not going to happen here, right? No single game has the power to move the Bitcoin price that much in the way that it can happen when you have a token that just belongs to a single game and then you can have, you know, a relatively small amount of people, say a couple thousand really affect the price and it explodes and you cash out. Great. But then in that situation, there's always also someone getting screwed. You can have asset appreciation, you know, prices going up, 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 up without someone paying for that. That's not how economics works. Uh, and that's not what we want to do at Zebedee. That's why we say we're not a crypto business. We're not an investment thing. We are a fintech. We power utility. But for all intents and purposes, you earn what you get in that one moment, right? People can earn uh, sums that are significant to them. For example, in our Counter-Strike integration, we had people from Brazil, you know, earning, let's say, $100 um, a week by playing like a lot and being really, really good. Um, and for them, that was enough to like pay the rent on their house and stuff because they live in Brazil in maybe a smaller town. But there was even from those guys, there was never any expectation. Oh, I'm getting rich. It's more like I'm doing something I'd be doing anyway, playing games and I get something extra in return for my time. And it's more rewarding. Uh, and maybe you can buy something from it. And definitely we see people buying tons and tons of stuff, you know, with their sets from Zebedee, they actually like to spend their Bitcoin, they don't really um, keep it as an investment or send it to exchanges. More commonly, they would buy stuff online. And I think that's why we're a fintech and not, and not a crypto business. Yeah, it sounds very cool that, you know, you're actually not uh, saying that everybody will get rich, but actually seeing the money or, you know, the cryptocurrency being 
in use, you know, I'll be very happy if when I was 15 years old playing Counter-Strike or World of Warcraft, you know, and just earning some small amount of money for the thousands of hours that I spend there, you know, and just getting whatever, some small amount, you know, tens of bucks, it will be still very useful. And I'll be happy, you know, that I got some exchange from the time that I yeah. put in a game. That's the basic idea behind it, right? And then, you know, in some games, like in the Counter-Strike uh, integration, you can make like nice amounts of money, you know, depending on, on the server, depending on the level of competitive play. But then most games that are live on Zebedee right now, including the one we're working on with you guys, are casual mobile games. And that is going to pay you like a fraction of a cent at a time. And you're going to yep. play quite a lot before you even get, I don't know, $5. And in those situations, it's really not about what am I going to do with this money? It's just a better gaming experience because it's a, such a nice little dopamine hit, right? And even mm -hmm. if you're um, aware that it's no money at all, the psychology of it still works. And the unit bias also really, really works in our favor because Satoshis are at such a, such a tiny amount of money, like 100 million Satoshis are one Bitcoin. This means 1000 Satoshis is right now, unfortunately, only about 16 cents. Nevertheless, when you're playing, it doesn't feel like I just got 16 cents. It feels like I got 1000 of something. And it's about that experience, you know, and we're not trying to bullshit anyone that it's something it isn't. It's that in the casual games, it's that. But if someone thinks they're going to play a fun little game on the bus and make $1,000, then maybe they should see a shrink or something. That's like just not going to happen, you know. If someone says yeah. it will, they're scamming you probably. Yeah. Um, in terms of target audience, you know, what is the basic target audience for the casual game on mobile versus Counter-Strike, for example? And are there any strict or huge differences between these two games that you see, you know, for your fintech platform? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's not really related to the Bitcoin component. It's just the nature of the game. So casual games attract, you know, casual gamers, uh, lots of also people who are not super tech savvy. Um, you know, we know that these days, like, for example, match three games and puzzle games are played mostly by like middle-aged women. Uh, and I don't think many middle-aged women play Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike is a hardcore competitive game. When you add money to it, like instantly in the game for anyone that joins, it just gets more competitive. So, for example, when we released the Counter-Strike integration, I was able to play and be kind of okay, you know, middle of the pack. Today, if I go on the servers, I'm, I'm just getting killed instantly because, <laughs> you know, some semi-pro level kids out of Brazil figured out they can make a little pocket money with this and they're just like dominant as hell. So very different audiences. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's more on the game side. And then in terms of uh, Zebedee and the Bitcoin component, our business is essentially to build payments infrastructure and to build user experience on top of that. So if we do our job well enough, it shouldn't matter if you know anything about Bitcoin or if you know anything about fintech or not, because the experience of signing up with Zebedee and connecting it to a game is so easy that like anyone can figure it out. It's it's similar to signing in with Google to a service. Yeah. And you mentioned the Brazil a couple of times. Is that your main market? Well, not the main one. Uh, it's just that we were talking about Counter-Strike a little bit, and, and that is huge in Brazil. 
However, it is a super significant market. Um, Brazil is like only around 10% of our user base, but it's like 25% of all payment volumes on our platform. So highly engaged, super into it. They also have very good uh, financial infrastructure in Brazil. So they're kind of tech, more tech savvy than Americans and Europeans when it comes to things like uh, instant payments and Bitcoin. All right. Do you think that is the reason why it is like, okay, main market, your main transaction is because they have a better infrastructure? No, no. I think it's a psychological thing. They're just more accustomed to it. So, and also the like always emerging markets will be more into play and earn games, right? Mm -hmm. For the very obvious reason that to me, $10 is not a lot, um, but to someone in like a small Brazilian town or to someone in India or uh, the Philippines, that's actually a significant amount. Yeah. Um, and in terms of casual game, the main market is also Brazil. If not, what is it then? It's hard to say what the main market is, you know, it's always this question in casual games, scale versus, you know, value of the users. So like our biggest market is actually the United States, about 30% of all our users are, are there. But if we wanted now to kind of aggressively scale uh, and just say, oh, let's just get a bunch of users, the markets we would probably go for would be India, Philippines, Indonesia. Those mm -hmm. are, you know, those are markets with a lot of, uh, mobile phone penetration and very high adoption of uh, mobile gaming. Yep. And in terms of like technology that you have, and for example, also the legal ramifications or anything like that is, do you have any preference for the geos or the market where you would like to see your user base grow? Well, compliance is a big part of what we do. And unfortunately that sometimes means we can do everything we want to do. Right. So there's still some markets where we're not present. Zebedee is mostly global, but not completely. A big one that I would personally love to see us in, and we're not right now, is Vietnam. Mm -hmm. um, and also some African countries. But we are slowly working through that, establishing strategic partnerships uh, in those locations with players like, you know, exchanges that hold certain licenses. Uh, and that will, over time, enable us to just be everywhere. In terms of preference, at the end of the day, we're a service provider. And while we have a strong consumer component in the sense that we have a thing called the Zebedee app, where you can discover games that are powered by us, and it's also like a wallet, we are not in the business of acquiring retail users. The games do that for us. So what I'm trying to say is it kind of doesn't matter what we want in terms of geography and audiences and stuff. It matters what our partners want. We just have to make sure we understand those needs and that we're supporting them. Yep. And do you have any plans for integrating more partners? Do you have any partnership coming in? Yes. And yes, we have a lot in the pipeline. Uh, we've recently expanded our uh, BD team quite a bit. So going out there quite aggressively into the market because we feel the platform's ready. The tools are there. Just announced a new significant app update yesterday. Uh, where now you have uh, the option to buy gift cards in the Zebedee app. I think that was a significant uh, upgrade, you know, paired with the fact that we have credit card purchases in the app as well, or like top-ups. Why that's significant to bringing in more partners is a problem that we used to have 
is people would say, yeah, great, our players are gonna earn Bitcoin, but what are they gonna do with it, right? What's the value proposition here really outside of just this dopamine hit you get from it? And now we can say, well, just open the Zebedee app. You can buy literally anything, right? In this roundabout way through gift cards. So maybe Amazon won't let you buy stuff with Bitcoin, but the Bitcoin you earn on Zebedee, you can use inside our app without ever leaving it to buy an Amazon gift card. And here you go, spend it, right? Or yep. maybe you're playing CSGO and you made some money and you want a new skin for your gun, just buy a Steam gift card. So I'm very excited about that because it was literally yesterday and I do think it'll unlock you know, a lot for us also on the partnerships front. And then it's just about us going out there and being patient and educating the gaming industry about what we're doing because it is a pretty novel concept and it is a little hard to grasp why this is like a fintech play why this is a payments thing you're putting in your app where we're not shilling you a token or any crypto stuff whatsoever so yeah it's both opened some doors and been a challenge at the same time right depending on the attitude of the partner you're talking to mm -hmm. and in terms of platform um any preferable platform is it going to be mobile focused is it going to be console pc vr or you know what's your vision in this regard we are a little bit limited by the market out there so steam will right now not allow uh, any sort of games that have crypto in it on their platform it's probably going to change over time but for now that's definitely a limiting factor right so any PC game or any game really that markets primarily through Steam, that company is not going to want to integrate with us. So that's definitely a consideration. But outside of that, we just want to be agnostic. We're open to anything. Um, right now, we really figured out our value propositions and product market fit in the mobile gaming sector. So probably over the next six months, we're going to retain our focus on that primarily. But over time, definitely want to expand into more hardcore PC games, into console. And then the holy grail of it all would be an MMO with like a full real money in-game economy. I think that would be that would be truly revolutionary, right? Yeah, it, it feels like it goes back to your Guild Wars uh, times, you know, having something like FinTech that where you could have, I talked about the same thing if I could, you know, put back the value that I put in, in terms of time and having uh, some amount of money, you know, that would be amazing. So yeah, but we'll see where the future of MMOs in general go, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's still going to be market, but we see a lot of MMOs going to be released on mobile. So who knows where that goes. And cross platform, right? So maybe, you know, the platform we want to be on is not even the, the main question. It's more like, which mechanics are best suited for this technology in multiplayer games where you have player to player uh, interactions and trade. Um, it's quite obvious, right? You can just use Bitcoin as your in-game currency, uh, in casual mobile games. It's also obvious. You basically make a revenue share with the player. You pay some of the ad revenue or in a purchase revenue back to them, you know, not instantly directly. But that's really what it is, right? At the end of the day, the game dev is sharing their revenue with the player. In exchange, they get much better user retention and they can monetize that player more. But out, outside of those you know, segments where it's super obvious, there's a lot of like mystery land and a lot of games where Bitcoin does not make sense, right? Like if you have a very narrative driven single player game, like an adventure game, how do you plug Bitcoin into that? I'm not sure there's a solution or 
or we haven't figured it out. But the beauty of being a service provider and like a B2B company is we do not necessarily have to figure it out. We have to create these tools that are flexible enough and easy to use enough. And someone else is going to come up with a solution that we wouldn't have thought of in a million years, right? There's super creative people out there in the gaming industry. And our hope is, you know, someone's going to figure out how to stick Bitcoin into every single genre. Yeah. And have you seen any kind of abuse, you know, of the system or, you know, the, your service that you provide in a game that you have to somehow tackle and, you know, fix it? Oh, yes. Big time. Of course. Anytime you put money into a game, people are going to try to exploit it. So bot mitigation is a big part of what we do and of our offering. And this goes back to our earlier talk when, when I was saying this is not a token that will appreciate in value. For some of these Web3 games, bots are not necessarily a bad thing, right? Maybe they can drive some activity. Maybe it helps, you know, with some hype and it pumps the value of the token. For us, where this is literally just money and it, people are just buying it and, and distributing it, buying Bitcoin and distributing it kind of immediately, bots are a very, very big problem. But if you see it as such and you address it as such, there are solutions in the same way that cheating is a problem in competitive games. And that's mostly been solved, right? So we're, we're, we're solving that, but it's definitely an arms race. You come up with a solution to block uh, bots and farmers. They come up with a way around it. You come up with a better solution, so on and so forth. But we're already quite far along on that journey. And it's definitely a service we also provide for our uh, gaming partners. Awesome. Um, that's one of the challenges, obviously, and uh, it's always going to be there, I guess. But overall business challenges, could you say something? What is the most relevant or important that Superscale perhaps helped you understand either product, data, marketing? What, is, what do you see as the biggest topic that it will help you with? For me, Superscale relationship is about getting access to this really wide array of knowledge and expertise that you guys have on your team. Primarily, we needed some help figuring out the UA aspect. We just did not have the internal resources to go out and test uh, how these different networks behave, uh, you know, with a crypto game. So just, you know, understanding that landscape on the UA side and being able to uh, work with those networks, you know, independently quite on your side where I was just saying, let's try this, let's try this, let's try that. And then your, your guys kind of made it happen. And then also on the other side, making sure those data pipelines are set up really properly, which is a bit of a challenge when you're introducing Bitcoin rewards, because now you have to account for that as part of your spend. And that's not necessarily as easy as it sounds when you're maybe doing stuff like adjusting the size of the Bitcoin payout based on the value of the user. Um, so to make sure you're really doing a revenue share where you're not you know, spending more Bitcoin on the user than they're making money, that gets kind of complex. So that was the other side uh, of the value prop here for me specifically as it relates to Superscale. So the UA side and then really tight data setup where we can have like this super sweet dashboard you guys made for us and we can, you know, have a very simplified view of what's going on in the game, profit and loss, retention, blah, blah, blah. And that really did not require much expertise and in, in guidance from us, which for us would, would have been very hard because we are not a game studio. 
but here with you, we're working with a game, right? So yep. it was that whole combo. Great. Um, thanks for your answer. I mean, I believe we can wrap it up here. Um, I would like to say thank you very much. It was super interesting to hear about, you know, your idea about the future and, uh, you know, where the, even the crypto winter and the whole fintech and crypto stands and where you believe it will go. I see still big potential in it, no matter what happens in a world of crypto gaming or crypto in general. Um, again, every player should be happy that they can get something back out of the time they spend in game. So again, thank you very much for coming. We appreciate it. And we hope we will work together for many, many months and years, you know, and expand our partnership in the future. Yeah, same here. So thank you for having me. I'll do our, my best to bring uh, more games into this system that we now kind of set up with your guys, because uh, that's really the goal for me. The goal is to bring in lots and lots and lots of games and scale the entire uh, Zebedee ecosystem in a way. So I hope we can work together on that. And just, you know, if you need anything else from me, I'm here, you know where to reach me. Awesome, Yura. Thank you very much. Have a great day and take care. Bye-bye. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And from all of the team here at Superscale, thank you for listening to the Leading Edge Podcast.